Welcome to the Life Central Podcast. It is so good to have you come and connect with us again this week. We trust that this session will be helpful to you in your faith journey. Welcome and thank you for joining us at Life Central Online today. Thank you for taking this message so far beyond the four walls of a church and even one day of the week. You guys being there, part of what we do online makes that possible. And I want to thank you specifically this morning. I want to start us off today by reading the account of a rifleman in the Second World War. It's a story by Stephen Pressfield. It goes like this. A Gurkha rifleman escaped from a Japanese prison in South Burma and walked 600 miles alone through the jungles to freedom. The journey took him five months, but he never asked the way and he never lost the way. For one thing, he could not speak Burmese and for another, he regarded all Burmese as traitors. He used a map and when he reached India, he showed that map to the intelligence officers who wanted to know all about his odyssey. Marked in pencil were all the turns that he had taken, all the roads and trail forks he had passed, and all the rivers that he had crossed. It served him well, that map. The intelligence officers did not find it so useful. It was a street map of London. This account seems so counter to what we encounter in society today. We've all heard of, of life coaches. And these are folks who, who will come to you and at a fee, they will help you to have a master plan for your life. And your master plan will include a big grand mission statement that makes you feel really important and possibly is pretty important. But you'll have a one-year goal and you'll have specific areas of focus, areas of finance, areas of personal growth, areas of physical growth, and possibly even areas of spiritual growth. Then they will have a specific trajectory mapped out for you. It's pretty much a five-year plan. This will, will, will end in a specific job or a specific income bracket or maybe even a geographical location. Some of them even include a certain body mass index. And after all of that, 2020 comes along and blows the whole plan out of the water. Everything goes awry because between the job losses, between the pandemic, between the economy kind of grinding to a halt, man, it was hard to get your master plan off the ground. Now, I'm not saying that a master plan is wrong. Uh, and, and I'm not saying that if you don't have a master plan, that you're in the wrong. Uh, we all have dreams and we all have goals and they all seem to have kind of shipwrecked over the last 18 months or so. I really like a plan and I think a plan is important. I'm in, in, in the corner of Benjamin Franklin where he says, failure to plan is planning to fail. Or in my experience, just maybe planning to watch a whole lot of Netflix. 
Now, our best laid plans are not working out right now. And to the best of our ability, it kind of feels like we are trying to find our way through the jungle and we have a map of London in our hands. And all of this actually leads us to a place that we get to a very uncomfortable question. And that uncomfortable question is just how important was that roadmap? Was that specific plan with all its little dots along the way? How important was that job title from the start? How important is that geographic location? How important is that income bracket? And how important is that body mass index? Really? You see, we've lost a lot in the storm that, well, we're kind of still in, isn't it? Here's the thing. Things have changed and we have mourned a lot of things that we've lost, but how long will we continue to mourn everything that we have lost? The mourning, unfortunately, will never change the fact that we are facing a new reality. We are facing new ways of doing things. We have been given new options and with those new options have come new opportunities. And these opportunities and options, well, they give us new possibilities. They give us new interesting things to do. They create new productivity and ultimately they spur on growth that we didn't have before in ways that we didn't have before. And we realize that we need those things now more than possibly what we've ever needed them before. But our rifleman teaches us two very important things when things aren't going our way, when we have to take a long walk to our freedom. He shows us that we need to choose our path and we need to follow it intently. To choose our path and to follow it intently. When it comes to the first part, the choosing your path part, I think King David, the second king of Israel, possibly Israel's greatest king, I think his life is a great, great testimony to choosing a path and sticking to it. And when you don't stick to it, when you get things wrong, man, a way to get back onto the path, a way to get back into it the right way. Because at the end of David's life, it is actually said that David was a man after God's own heart. And that is a great prize to go home with. David wrote a whole lot about that path, that path that he had followed in one of his Psalms. And I want to read that to you. Psalm 25 says, O Lord, I give my life to you. I trust in you, my God. Do not let me be disgraced or let my enemies rejoice in my defeat. No one who trusts in you will ever be disgraced, but disgrace comes to those who try to deceive others. Show me the right path, O Lord. Point out the road for me to follow. Lead me by your truth and teach me, for you are the God who saves me. All day long, I put my hope in you. Remember, O Lord, your compassion and unfailing love, which you have shown from long ages past. Do not rem remember the rebellious sins of my youth. Remember me in the light 
of your unfailing love. For you are merciful, O Lord. The Lord is good and does what is right. He shows the proper path to those who go astray. He leads the humble in doing right, teaching them his way. The Lord leads with unfailing love and faithfulness all who keep his covenant and obey his demands. For the honor of your name, O Lord, forgive my many, many sins. Who are those who fear the Lord? He will show them the path they should choose. They will live in prosperity and their children will inherit the land. The Lord is a friend to those who fear him. He teaches them his covenant. My eyes are always on the Lord, for he rescues me from the traps of my enemies. In here, we read over and over and over again, David talking about God's path and about trusting its direction. David's life didn't always go according to plan. David was young. He was a teenager when he was anointed as the future king. Uh, He was anointed as the future king, and it was a wonderful day, but he went right back to taking care of his father's sheep. David learned a lot while taking care of the sheep. That's one of the places where he learned to trust God's path and God's direction. You see, when David faced things that other shepherds faced, like lions and bears, stuff that we're not really used to today, David didn't go, "Uh, you know what? I am, I am the future king. I might break a nail in, you know, a wrestling match with a bear. So I'm going to go back home to dad and say, you know what? It was a bloodbath. It was nasty, but I'm okay. No, David went and he did what good shepherds do. And he trusted God's path through the bear and through the lion. And then on a day when David faced Goliath, this giant of a man on the front lines of a massive battle. He knew that God's path led through Goliath and to what God has for him on the other side. From there, things kind of took a better turn for David. He got a job in the king's palace. He would play music for the king. And uh, he made his best friend in the palace. His best friend was the king's very own son. But David wasn't friends with the king's son for the benefit of being friends with the king's son. No, he found a best friend in Jonathan. A little bit later, things take a bit of a turn. You see, one day, the king goes into a bit of a fit of rage, picks up a spear and tries to pin David to a wall. David runs for his life and, and, and he lands up in the desert out of the palace, out of a friend, and in the middle of nowhere. And it's easy for us to go, well, that doesn't seem like God, God's plan's working. But David, choosing God's path and choosing God's direction or trusting God's direction, he finds favor in the wilderness. He finds favor with kings that he wasn't supposed to find favor with. He finds favor with people that he wasn't supposed to find favor with. And he actually does really well out there in the middle of nowhere. David actually deals very well with the rejection um, from the king. He has two opportunities on two different occasions where the king is absolutely defenseless 
the once in a cave and a second time while the king was asleep. Well, all he had to do was pick up a spear or pick up a, a, a sword and kill off the king and, you know, accelerate his time, you know, in exile. But David decided not to do that. David also decided not to take revenge because can you imagine what he was carrying with him because of the rejection of the king? We know that David dealt well with it because when the king passes away in battle, David actually mourns the king's death. And he doesn't ride off to the palace and go, hey guys, you have a crown that needs a head and I have a head that needs a crown. No, that's not what David does. David waits and the people crown him king of Judah. And he has an opportunity to actually unite the kingdoms of Judah and Israel. God makes this wonderful promise to David that says, David, your legacy will last forever because the Messiah will be born into your family. It's a wonderful promise to be a part of. It's a wonderful promise. It's a wonderful honor to have over your family. And that's part of the reason why, why it says that David was a man after God's own heart. But as life would have it, David made some bad decisions right after this. He got a little careless. He got a little lax and he, and he let his guard down and he makes a, a long list of bad decisions, the, the worst of which is deciding to have an affair with a married woman and then trying to cover it up by plotting the murder of the husband of this woman. He gets confronted for it and David actually repents. He goes before God and he says, Lord, I have messed up. Can you forgive me, please? Je David chose a path. He chose God's path and he followed it intentionally until he didn't. And then the wheels came off. But when it went wrong, David took an opportunity to fix it again, to get back onto what God has for him, to get back onto God's path for him. And things didn't go wrong for David when he chose his own path because God got angry and decided to smite him with a bit of lightning. No, no. Things went wrong for David because when we don't live on the path that God has for us, when we don't live in the way that God created everything, well, then it kind of feels like we're going counter to everything and stuff goes wrong. Damage happens a lot on that path. It's as simple as saying, um, I will use a knife as a screwdriver. It's a good idea in theory, but we've all heard of wonderful emergency room experiences because somebody has decided to use a knife as a screwdriver. But moving on from that, David's, David, David's example teaches us to choose our path. And if that path can be God's path, then you've done well. But secondly, to follow that path intentionally. What I mean by following it intentionally, I mean following it with determination, following it with purpose. Now, intent, determination, and purpose all are kind of summed up in this one thing. Take responsibility. 
David had every reason to take responsibility for his own life, as we all should on a daily basis. David had every reason to take responsibility for his own failings, for his own bad decisions. And he did. He owned them. And he did well to own them. But David was a little hard done by when Saul made some bad decisions. And he got caught in the crossfire. You see, David had every reason to feel bitter and to feel grieved. He was traumatized. He was abandoned. He was cast out and he was wounded. And none of it was his own doing. It was all the fault of another guy's bad decisions. But, but David chose a path, God's path, and he followed it intentionally. And he took responsibility for what was his responsibility. How does that relate to our lives? Well, honestly, we all have traumas in our past. Some of them, a lot of them, <laughs> self-inflicted. But there are things that has happened to you. There's wounds and traumas that happened to you and I that was not our decisions. That was because of other people's bad decisions. And I know you're sitting there going, wait a second, he's talking about responsibility and now he's talking about my traumas. None of those traumas was my responsibility. You see, we have to take responsibility of the things that we did wrong. We have to own those things. And I'm saying that because it's obvious, but I think it needs saying. And I think that we have to take care of those things. If we've messed up in the past, have we taken responsibility of them? Have we taken responsibility for them? And have we gone and tried to fix it? But what about the second part here? What about where other people made bad decisions? What about where somebody else inflicted a trauma on us? You know, those things that happened to us and not because of us. The weight of that neglect, the weight of that abuse, of that violence, of that abandonment, of that mistreatment, uh, that weight makes our healing feel so far away. We know we want to be healed from it. We know that we don't want to feel the hurt from it anymore. But our healing is so elusive because of all the things that I mentioned before. Now, to be honest, we had no choice in those things happening to us. We had no choice in the family that we were born into. And, and we had no control over what they did when they did what they did. We had no control over, over that person um, and what they did when they got into that car. We had no control over that person and what they did when they got hold of the company checkbook. We had no control over that friend or that family member when they hung out with those people or started drinking or got angry. We had absolutely no control over any of that. But you see, we all have the ability to heal from those wounds. And our ability to heal from those wounds is caught up in taking responsibility of giving forgiveness. Now, let me put it this way. Choosing not to forgive those who wounded you is choosing not to heal. And that is very, very irresponsible. 
Taking responsibility for the things that are my fault makes a lot of sense, but taking responsibility for the things that is not my fault is hard. But see, even if it wasn't your fault, your healing is your responsibility. Your freedom is your responsibility. We can look back at our rifleman in the beginning and go, well, he, he could have he sat in prison and not taken responsibility of his own freedom. He could have got just out of prison and sat outside the prison and, and not taken responsibility for his own freedom, for walking 600 miles, for walking 600 miles through the jungle, for walking 600 miles through the jungle and it taking him five months. No, our rifleman took full responsibility and walked towards his freedom. See, even though the wounds were not your fault, your healing is your responsibility. Even though the past is not your fault, your future is your responsibility. Even though their choices, whoever they might be, is not your fault, your choices is your responsibility. And as you hear these things, there's, there might be something rising up in you, a little bit of an anger rising up inside of you. Because so often when, when we hold on to unforgiveness, we think that there is power in our anger. It's like that is where my, my, my power lies, is in this anger that I have inside, in this, in this hurt and going back to it and holding on to it. But honestly, the, pow the power you feel is, is not the truth. That person that was never supposed to have any kind of hold on you, you've given them power over you. And you have the responsibility and the ability to take it back. It is your power. You can have it back. Anger does not give you power. Taking responsibility and forgiving, man, that, that gives us the power that we need. Every person that walks around that we haven't forgiven, they're walking around with a little bit of you. And you have the ability to look over the map and go, I want that back because it's mine. It's part of me. And I want that back because it's mine and it's part of me. And as we do that, we take responsibility for ourselves and we become the people that we were created to be. We get to choose a path God's path and we get to follow it intentionally we get to take responsibility of our path one last story before we go in 1976 John Maxwell one of those guys who just kind of every time he has a thought he writes a wonderful leadership book but in the 70s he wasn't that well known he was just starting off and a secretary gave him a book called the greatest story ever told. He's an avid reader and he was very excited to read the greatest story ever told. And so he cracked the book open. And with shock, he found that the pages were all empty. He paged around and he found a note. And the note said this, it said, John, your life is before you. Fill these pages with kind acts, good thoughts, and matters of your heart. Write a great story with your life. The invitation this morning or today is to write the greatest story ever told by choosing a path and following it 
intentionally, by taking responsibility for our everyday life, but taking responsibility for the tough stuff as well. It's at this stage that we always ask, what's your next step? This morning, there's two things that we can do. The first one deals with the path that we follow. You can sit there and you can go, hey, I, I need to cross that line of faith. I don't have that path. I've tried my path and it's not treated me well. And I want to pray a prayer with you this morning. It's a simple prayer that kind of boils down to, Jesus, I give you my life. And then the second part of this, the second thing that, the second step that we can take or the second place that we can be in is, is the fact that we have someone that we need to forgive. We might have many people that we need to forgive. We have, might, might have many places that we need to take responsibility for. This morning, if any of those is you, if, we're, if, if I'm praying and you're praying this prayer with me, I wanna ask you, you're gonna need help. You're gonna need help to take those first steps across the line of faith. And you're gonna need help with forgiving. Because yes, it is as simple as saying, I forgive you, but then there's a lifestyle of living that forgiveness over and over and over again. So connect with us on our website. Connect with us through sending us a direct message on our social media pages. Please, we want to help you. We want to be there for you through this. Let's pray together. Father God, I thank you for today. I thank you for good decisions that people are making today, Lord. I thank you that people are choosing your path, Lord, and to follow it intentionally. Lord, as people are taking responsibility and forgiving today, Lord, I want to I ask that you give them the, the, the power, the courage, Lord, the grace, the mercy, the joy, the love to be able to do that, Lord God. If you are sitting there at home, I want you to take the courage and just say that name and say, I forgive you. Father God, I thank you for setting people free when they hear themselves saying that they forgive. I want you to help them, Father God. I pray that you will help them to walk in that forgiveness. Then, if you are stepping across the line of faith with us this morning, I want to ask you to repeat this prayer after me. Father God, today I choose to place my faith and my hope in you. Jesus, I give you my life. Amen. Thank you guys so much for being here. And I hope that you choose your path and that you follow it with great intention and that that responsibility that you take for every single day of your life will bring you the freedom that you so deserve. Have a wonderful week. If you enjoyed this session and you'd like to know more about us, then please come and connect with us through our website, our social media platforms, and come subscribe to our YouTube channel. All the links are listed below. Beyond that, we trust that you have an incredible week.